Hey everyone, welcome to the Revolutions Within Us podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shamar Charles. This podcast is a monthly discourse on how your body turns against itself when you mistreat it with bad food, little activity, and loads of stress. Prioritizing your health doesn't have to be disruptive. It just takes a little push and a lot of practice. If you believe that health is wealth, then you're in the right place. But if you don't, consider this your winning lotto ticket. An unhealthy lifestyle slowly deteriorates the body, and often we're not aware of the damage until it's too late. But I'm here to help. Every month, you can expect new perspectives and health tips from a range of people, including medical experts, actors, professional athletes, and everyday people trying to make it happen. But really, our goal is to make you aware of your body's warning signs so you don't suffer the unfortunate consequences. If you like this podcast, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Revolutions Within Us and give us a rating of five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, without further delay, let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome back to season two. I'm so happy to be back with you. This is Dr. Shamar Charles. Fresh new feel, new perspective, and a new name. Goodbye, heart over hype. Hello, the revolutions within us. The revolutions within us is a maxim for how the tiniest disruptions to our mental, emotional, and physical equilibrium can result in avoidable illness and death. Oftentimes, these revolutions in our bodies can be righted with small adjustments but you got to know when to make the change. Today's revolution is insomnia, the inability to fall or stay asleep. It's often triggered by stress and anxiety, affecting nearly 25 million Americans. Today, we have one of them in studio, actor, father, friend, legend, in that order, Mr. Tay Diggs. And he's here to share his experience, his story with insomnia. Thank you for being here today, my brother. To start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your upbringing and your rise to fame. Sure, sure. That's that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a big question. <laughs> but uh, but we'll get through it. Uh, I grew up in Rochester, Rochester, New York. I went to a performing arts high school, uh, School of the Arts, and that's kind of where, uh, not kind of, that's where I really uh, came into my own. I grew up, we didn't have much, and uh, I was insecure, you know, skinny, glasses with the tape, literally, you know, it was a nerdy kind of young person. And it wasn't until I, I was introduced to the arts that I was able to find my voice, literally, and do what I loved and then find a path. So once I stepped on that path, you know, I couldn't be stopped. So I had a great time in uh, late high school, continued college, Syracuse University, was a music theater major, after college, moved to New York because I thought I could uh, utilize all of my talents or all of the things that, that I loved to do in New York because they had more theater there. Right, right. Um, a lot of my other friends were choosing L.A. and uh, other places. But I thought New York was best for me just because I could audition for TV, film, and theater. So I first started working in the theater, loved it and then gradually moved to TV and film. And I haven't stopped since. I'm having a great time. It's been quite a road. I'm a little bit older now, so it's, it's nice to kind of look back, you know, at a body of work. I have a son now, he's 13, so it's nice to see how he 
responds to the work I do now and the work that I've done and how he kind of affects how I move just as a person today. And I'm looking to do so much more. Right. You mentioned that you're a little bit older now mm -hmm. and that you have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Namely, you're a father now. I am, And yes. you have a son. Yes. yes Can yes, you yes. just tell us a little bit about fatherhood? <laughs> what oh, has man. that been like? Well, it's, uh, it was so many things. You know, I was raised by a father. I did not get along very well with him. But there were, uh, you know, attributes that, uh, that were positive. I thought that I would raise my child similar to, you know, the way he raised me. And I was worried about that. Because, um, you know, sometimes uh, you can't help familial cycles. But I feel blessed in that I haven't even come close. My, my son is just, he's so cool and kind of easy in so many ways. He is and has taught me more about myself as opposed to me instilling knowledge upon him. I definitely think spiritually, you know, whatever you want to call it, he was supposed to be here and he's here to help me out. And that's a relief. I never was introduced to, uh, to this kind of love, the kind of love that you share, you know, between a, a child and a parent, you know, had not experienced. So that was off-putting at first, you know, and when he was first born, the worry and the concern and the anxiety around, okay, this is someone that means the world to me and I don't have control right, over right. them, uh, you know, when they're not by me, that was a trip. But once I got over that, it's been fun. You know, I have a great relationship with his mother. She lives 15, 20 minutes away and we pop him back and forth. He's actually got a, uh, a flag football game today. That <laughs> his, first, his first one, All right. uh, his mom's working, so I'm gonna see this one with his stepdad and we're gonna be on, uh, on the sidelines Hopefully, you know. We'll definitely make sure that we get you out in time for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. Don't want you missing we out got on time. that. We got time. Yeah, don't want uh, you missing out uh, on that. Uh, we'll watch him uh, break some ankles. You said two things that really jump out to me. One is that he's cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> kind of reminds me of you. You're cool, calm, and collected. On the outside. Right. <laughs> on, on the outside, on the outside yes. right? On the inside is something completely different. Right, because you also mentioned that you had some anxiety sure. just around him when he was born, sure. kind of his upbringing, and you kind of feeling as if sometimes you have a loss of control, yes. right? As a parent, yes. you don't have 100% control no, no. around your children. That's probably one of the biggest surprises. Sure. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about that anxiety that comes with parenthood? Well, you know, if I'm being honest, I've struggled with anxiety for as long as I can remember. I just didn't know that that's what it was called. You know, um, when I was growing up, I'd feel very uncomfortable uh, in certain situations. And now that I'm older and, you know, have, you know, seen therapists and gone to therapy and, you know, I'm reading self-help books and all that, I'm realizing what that was. And, uh, you know, despite that, I was very, very, and continue to be very functioning. But it was a relief to know that whatever I was feeling, you know, you, you can deal with, you know. However you choose, you know what I mean? Which, you know, we can go into this later with insomnia. You know, for the longest time, I didn't know that anything could really be done. So I just got used to, 
you know, being a certain way until, you know, I was introduced to, to, to Cubivic. But I've gotten used to kind of living with a certain amount of discomfort until certain points, and that's when I, I need a little bit of help. So yeah. whether that be meditation, um, whether that be a vacation, or even a light anti-anxiety uh, uh, pill. So it's, it's something that is real, and it affects millions of people. So I'm relieved. Well, one of the issues that really concerns all humans, but mm -hmm. really black people, mm -hmm. is this idea that we have to normalize our pain. Mm, this idea right. that we live with pain, we live with our suffering, we kind of suppress it to some degree, mm. and we don't talk about it, no. right? Mm. And we don't seek the treatment that we, that we need. I want to focus specifically on your insomnia. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that your insomnia, your inability to fall asleep, to stay asleep, was a problem that you needed to get help for? Mm -hmm. Yes, well, this, this type of anxiety was, was different because it was specifically directed towards my son when he was born and, uh, and how it affected my work and life outside that. So um, just his sleep patterns, uh, I, I wouldn't know them. So I would never know how many hours of sleep I would get before going to work. And uh, I was an actor, so obviously how I look, how much energy uh, I had, you know, how much focus you know, that is transferred immediately to, you know, that final project, that final product. And I had no idea how I would show up. So that was a new kind of anxiety that was very specific. So I immediately, you know, tried to deal with that in my own way. You know, being an armchair doctor with trying to find random energy drinks and coffees and black teas and you know. In the medical world, we call that self-medicating. Exactly, thank you. I was trying to find <laughs> we out that We call that, that self-medicating. Yes, yeah. yes, 100% self-medicating. Uh, aspirins with, with caffeine, right. you know, pre-workout shakes, all of that. And, uh, and I found enough of them, you know, that didn't end up killing me that I could use where I could, uh, you know, just maintain and do whatever I needed to do. You know, going to the gym, working, and then, you know, social life and family life. But it wasn't until kind of recently, actually, where I was hanging out with my kid and I just, I kept on hearing him say, you know, are you okay, Dad, or what's going on? And, you know, in my life, I've got a pretty cool life. Yeah, so yeah, I would say, sure. everything's fine, buddy. I'm just kind of quiet. But he would say, your energy seems low or, you know, we're not uh, playing as often or we're not hooping as, as intensely uh, as we used to. And, and I realized it, it was from my lack of sleep. You know, when I didn't get a good night's sleep, it affected a lot of things, but most importantly, my time with him. So that's when I went to a doctor, and uh, he gave me some options, and QVivic was uh, at the top of the list. You know, he, he made me aware of possible side effects. Uh, luckily, you know, I don't feel any, but I was able to, to uh, you know, get to sleep, but more importantly, stay asleep, because I would wake up every morning between three and five, and sometimes not be able to sleep during that period or not sleep at all from that period. Right. And that, you know, that was really messing, messing me up. So I was able to stay asleep and then wake up, uh, you know, alert and, and, and ready for the day. And, uh, and, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know what to compare it to, but 
you know, like somebody flipped a switch. And, you know, the room wasn't dark before. Right. It was on a dimmer. But, you know, when you turn the light up, you can see so much more. Absolutely. And that light really has an effect on who you are and, and how you are and how you relate. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, it's, it's really great to just be able to, because um, I'm getting older, so Absolutely. it's tough to keep up with, with my kid anyway. But at least now I know if the knees are going out, I can still be there with Absolutely. him. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think, that, I think that functional insomnia. Right. Right? Sure. I think that functional insomnia makes yes. it even harder. That. Right? Father time always wins. We know sure, that. Sure. But I think that how we deal right. with our health conditions right. plays a, a really paramount role as to not just how we interact with other people, right. but our mood going into those interactions. Right. Hey, it's a quick pause to acknowledge our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Taft. If you're looking for the best shoes out, Taft is where you need to be. Taft is more than a luxury men's footwear line. Taft is a mission-driven company that puts people before shoes. To honor our commitment to mental health, 10% of all proceeds from the Take Care collection will be donated to two of our favorite mental health awareness organizations, Made of Millions and Mental Health America. That commitment is not just today, not just tomorrow, but always. And to sweeten the pot, we'll throw in a free pair of Take Care socks with any purchase of a boot, shoe, or sneaker through October 16th. No code required. So head over to taftclothing.com and join us in our effort to promote mental health for all. Did you ever feel like your mood in general, even outside of your interaction with your son, was just off? Oh, 100%. I'm so aware of that. Me and the, and the crew that I, that I kind of roll with, we use the word uh, empath, you know what I mean? And, right. and I feel like I'm very kind of in tune with, with what people are feeling and their energy and, and, uh, and just the energy of what is around. Um, and, you know, today the world is in a very interesting place. So I have to make sure that I do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm cool and taken care of, you know, energetically wise and how much sleep I'm getting and the people that I'm hanging out with. So I don't let these outside, you know, kind of energies affect me because yeah, absolutely. it's crazy out there. It's crazy out there. So. I, I think the craziest thing is that we're all connected to the world, but yes. we're not always mindful of our connection. Sometimes it's right. easy to feel like we're just a grain of sand in this really big world as if we're unimportant mm -hmm. to the kind of greater scheme of things. Right, right. But in reality, we're all connected, yes. right? Yeah. In some type of way, in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when we think about insomnia, I oftentimes tell my patients, think about some of the causes, some of the triggers, some mm -hmm. of the history behind your insomnia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, many people don't know that, you know, stress, anxiety, 100%. those are common triggers for insomnia. Sure. And if we take it a step further, we know that there's a biological component to insomnia mm -hmm. because 20% of people who suffer from insomnia also report that they have a parent who suffers from mm. insomnia. Mm. And I believe it's about 11% uh, report that they have a sibling who mm. suffers from right, insomnia. Right, right. So we know that this is all multifactorial in nature. If you think back, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, a dogs, like if my dog suffers from insomnia, does that, because right before bed, 
I'm just kidding. I just, wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. See? <laughs> I, love that. I love that. But you know what? I, I will say this, though. Your dog feels your energy. <laughs> yes. And if your, mood, and if your mood is off, that is if your real. mood is off, that, your dog will feel your 100%. energy. And that is something that I do not joke about. 100%. Right? Is you that are right. everyone in your ethos, yeah. right? All living creatures can feel that, yes. that energy. So it's yes. imperative that yep, we yep, get yep. the help that we need. <laughs> that we get yes. the help that we need. Not just the medications that right, we need, right, which we right. think are you know really important. I think they're really important as a sure, clinician. Sure. But I also think that those <laughs> lifestyle modifications, yes. right? The not being on the phone late right, at night, right, right, you know, right. the not drinking the caffeine late at night. Right. Those are all really important lifestyle modifications sure. that we can make to increase our mood. 100%. So yeah, your dog does feel that, man. <laughs> Your dog feels that. <laughs> definitely does. Definitely for sure, does. for sure, for sure. But since you've been on Cubivic, how has that kind of helped your overall interactions? How has it helped your interactions with your son? What's your experience taking that been like? I just don't, I can, I look forward to things <laughs> as opposed to dreading. You know, I knew something was wrong when, you know, it was my turn to take Walker. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so much, and I'm going to have to, act like I'm a little bit more interested than I am and um, how am I going to hide the fact that I want to take this nap or can we watch this movie on the couch, literally, where I'm not facing him so if I nod out, he won't be able to see all of that. You know, just kind of fell by the, the wayside. I, I can, uh, like I said today, I'm excited to go to this, this football game and to know that I can be like my old self and run up and down the sidelines and and say everything that I, that I want to say, and then have more energy afterwards. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, not have to worry about staying awake for the rest of Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or him, you know, asking me why I don't remember the ending of, of, of this or that. It's a relief. Like, you take for granted something that is supposed to come naturally to you when it, when it doesn't. And then you get used to it, and then once that is reintroduced to you, it feels, uh, it's a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, re you know what? Reliving. Right. You know what's funny? There are people who are going to watch this, people who are going to listen to this, mm -hmm. and they're going to think to themselves, Tate Diggs has the perfect life. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. Because people like myself, we have literally lived the Tate Diggs experience to some degree, right? Like, people have grown up seeing you on sure. TV sure. from the wood how Stella got her groove back mm -hmm. to Broadway, right, right, right. Uh, Rent, you know, taking it all the way to All-American, right, right, right now, right, right? People are going to say to themselves, Tay Diggs lives a great life, mm -hmm. but you're talking about your health and you're being vulnerable and courageous right now. Why now? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I've lived enough to not care as much about what people think. I've lived long enough to prioritize relationships, you know. I've lived long enough to now be very aware about how much longer I want to live. So, you know, you combine all of that and it makes you pull up a bit, you yeah, know what I mean? It yeah, forces sure. you to watch what you eat or make sure you're getting uh, uh, the, the right amount of sleep or watch how you treat people or, you know, what you need to do to to maintain how much you feel and how sensitive you are and, you know, what you need to get through 
through this crazy thing we call life. Life. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. You're an actor. You're a thespian, <laughs> right? So I think that, you know, no better way to end than to do a little role play, for example. Oh, my goodness. No, no, so we're not really going to do role play. I but but say, I do want I you to imagine 13 years ago to when you were a first-time parent. What would you have told yourself at that time when you were dealing with the pangs of insomnia, the pangs of sleep deprivation, if you could give yourself some advice, what advice would you give yourself during that really trying time? Uh, that there was hope and that there was a way out and that there are options, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, the, when, you, when you have a kid, there's a certain amount of time where you can't do anything about it, you know what I mean? Because you know, the last thing I would have wanted to do was to take a cubivic and sleep through my <laughs> But after a certain period of time, you know, after he was sleeping solidly, that's when I wish I would have um, asked for help uh, instead of going to the energy drinks or the other, the other cast members right. that, you know, also, you know, uh, were, were, were dealing with, with you know, uh, insomnia. Yeah. Um, I would have told myself to uh, try to drop the stigma attached with words like insomnia or words like anxiety, or words like anxiety medicine. Right. Because growing up, you know, I hate to say it, but that was white people's stuff. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Or, yeah. or you were too, or you really, you know, it's like if you had to take all that stuff, you know, you were mentally unstable. Right, You know what I mean? Right. Those are the, you know, the stigmas that I grew up with. So uh, I would have told myself all of that. Yeah, and that I should have taken a shot with Gina Lee. Back yeah, then. yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She well, is fine. <laughs> I love it. Well, let me tell you this, brother. To, for you to take Quivivic, right, it is a prescribed medication. Right. You got to go to a doctor and right. take it. A lot of our people don't go to the doctor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that is kind of a rate-limiting step. That is a barrier mm -hmm. to sort of getting some of the help you need. Mm -hmm. What has just your experience been like getting treatment? Oh, so much easier than I thought. And these days, you know, the doctors are so cool um, because they know that it can be really difficult to get there. They really make it seem like it's nothing. Right. You know what I mean? So all you just, all you need is this and try it out, make sure you don't have this and come back and just see how it goes and boom, 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 you know? So for me, it was, it was cool. You know, my experience obviously isn't going to be like other people's experience, but for people that look like us, I would encourage them to, you know, use the same kind of strength and courage that we have needed to, just to live in life, right, right, to, right. to do the right thing when it comes to, to getting help. And it doesn't mean you have to do it, just, but try it. Right. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to try it and then, and then uh, you know, look at side effects, whatnot, and then make a decision. But ignorance, not knowing, you know, in this day and age, especially now, when all we are talking about is you know what we didn't experience and how much we would be if we had gotten what the white person had and why haven't we gotten these you know these opportunities? This is one of those things. Amen. Amen. This is one of those things. Being so. the doctor is not a white people yeah, thing, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Mental illness is not a white predisposed condition, y'all. We mm -hmm. all suffer from it, and yeah. it is so important right. for us to to get the help we need. Yeah. I try to scream that to, yeah. the, to the mountaintops, you yeah, know? But yeah. I hope that people who are listening to this, that they, that they hear it from you, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes when you're a medical professional, 
it's easy to kind of feel like sure. you're talking to the wall sometimes, <laughs> right? But yes, it's great yes. when we have advocates like yourself. Again, right. like I said, actor, friend, father, legend, right? It's right. great when we have people well, like you who you. are advocating uh, for people to uh, really help. focus yeah, yeah, on yeah, their whatever medical that is, conditions you know. and, and mental health. Yeah. Uh, so I thank you so much. Thank this you, was. Man. 100% an Appreciate honor. It. You are cooler than the other side of the pillow. Oh, that, is, that is uh, the truth. I and, that. Uh, and I hope that people have come away with just the importance of focusing on their health and getting treatment when they need it. Thank you, sir. And thank you for what you, you're doing. Thank you so um, much. I really appreciate right, it. Man. Thank you. Take care. Good stuff. That's a wrap, folks. Episode one complete. If you're struggling with insomnia, I want you to know that help is within reach. Here are a few tips. One, try exercising before bedtime. Initially, you'll feel energized, but soon after, your body will tell itself that it's tired and time to go to sleep. Two, avoid caffeine, alcohol, or nicotine within four hours of your bedtime. These substances keep you awake and act as diuretics that wake you up in the middle of the night. Three, create a sleep sanctuary. Your bedroom is a place you sleep and have sex. That means no phones, no computers, no distractions. If you find it hard to put the tech down, try charging your devices outside of your bedroom. Four, limit stress. Totally easier said than done, but stress, albeit financial stress, relationship stress, or even good stress like wedding planning or anticipating the birth of a baby, are major triggers of insomnia. The better you manage your stress, the more likely you'll be able to sleep. 5. Get help. Using sleep apps or starting a sleep journal to record your nighttime patterns is definitely a great place to start. It's also free, but sometimes it'll do the trick and sometimes it won't. If your quality of life is suffering, it may be a sign that you need professional help. A medical professional can help you create a sleep plan and prescribe medications like Uvivic that may be right for you. Remember, no two people have the same insomnia journey, so the best plan for you will be one that is crafted between you and a trusted healthcare professional. If you've ever experienced multiple sleepless nights, you know how much a lack of sleep can affect your mood and overall performance. Poor sleep has consequences. It's been associated with worse academic performance, behavioral problems, and even a higher likelihood that you may get into a car accident. No matter the case, if you have trouble sleeping, I want you to know that there are safe, effective, and affordable ways to get help. Thank you to my brother Tay Diggs for sharing his experience with insomnia and his triumphant victory against it. Thank you MKC, Illuminate Studios, and all the people behind the scenes who made this happen. And most importantly, thank you for listening. As always, if you have any questions or comments, send us a direct message on Instagram at the revolutions within us. Stay safe, stay present, and I look forward to our next conversation. Peace. Ice cold, baby, ice cold. They think I'm pimping, baby. Summertime in the LB. All but a feeling, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.